welcome back to the mountains and the sea where we find the highs and lows of each and every prince album every other week i'm christy and this is josh and today today we are back from a lovely break happy new year happy new year welcome to 2021 we hope that the new year is treating you all right so far it's new you know the beginning of 2020 not so bad and uh you know so we'll give 2021 a little time to settle in hope that it doesn't take quite as dramatic a turn as 2020 did unless it's a turn for the better for us all you're so positive i'm I'm not feeling very good about it (laughs) but i hope you're right i hope all your wishes and dreams come true oh me, me too today we are finishing up our coverage of Sign of the Times Super Lux Disc 5. Did you say Super Lux? <laughs> I don't know. I will find out when I edit this. <laughs> I think you'll find it funny. <laughs> but we did, just before Christmas, the first half of Disc 5. Right. And now, we are splitting these in half to give them the time and attention they deserve. That's right. Because there's so much interesting content, oh, musically, lyrically. It's hard to get your head around it all. I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I can't get a handle on this thing. It's too big. It is it is so big. Oh, no, it's not too big. No, it's lovely. It's awesome. <laughs> but it is a lot to take in. Even if you knew a number of these songs, like I did, I still find it difficult to figure out where they appear on the set and the order they appear in is kind of wishy-washy that's fair yeah yeah so we're on to tracks eight through 15 of disc five today that's right it's a total of 38 minutes and 53 seconds of music yeah we'll talk about it for at least that long yeah (laughs) well let's dive right in all right our friends adonis and bathsheba that's right it is not known to have been planned for a particular album Mm -hmm. um it was selected by attendees at the June 2000 Celebration for Inclusion on a Volume 2 of Crystal Ball, but that project was never realized. Of course it wasn't. No. Let's talk about who Adonis and Bathsheba were briefly. Let's do. Okay. I'm interesting to see what you found out. Okay, so Adonis is a figure in Greek mythology the product of a father-daughter relationship. Oh, I didn't see that. That's salacious. Uh-huh. But he was so beautiful that for a part of every year, Aphrodite took him as her lover. A part of every year? Like yes. he got... He got it like a season. It was like Black History Month, February? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> you, get in here. <laughs> but I, she had many lovers. and. Right. T- Cycled them frequently. Okay. Very few, my understanding, got repeats on an annual basis. You get one shot for a window and then you're out. That's right. All right. Bathsheba is a biblical figure. Yep. Uh, She was married to Uriah and King David saw her bathing on a rooftop and fell instantly in love or lust with her. Right. And organized for uh, her husband, Uriah, to end up on the front lines of a battle, ensuring his death so that 
David could marry her. He could step in. That's right. Uh, She did become pregnant by King David, but the baby died. It's insinuated as punishment for him being an adulterer. Yep, and basically a murderer. Right. But she did become the mother of King Solomon, who is also a very prominent figure in the Bible. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she often gets a bad rap as kind of being uh, whorish or slutty. There's a lot of uh, talk about that in more progressive Christian circles about how she didn't have a choice to uh, refuse David. Yeah. If she wanted to or not. But of course, we're not given her side of the story. True. Yeah. Not a lot of women authors in the Bible. No. Weird combination of two historical or mythological characters to put together in a song like this. Yeah, really interesting. I read a review on Diffuser.fm. Did you see that one? Uh, Perhaps. Uh, I wrote down my favorite line from it, which was, In Prince's sex-obsessed universe, even two historical people from different religious traditions were capable of getting it on with each other. (laughs) Well, I'll definitely link to that diffuser article on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, the mountains and the sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T M A T S podcast, or you can send me an email TMATS podcast at gmail.com. So I don't know how many songs Prince recorded that were waltzes, but this is one. Oh, I thought it sounded like very retro fifties. I guess. I hadn't thought of it as a waltz. It's a waltz. I did look up, well, what is a waltz? A waltz is a ballroom dance and moderately fast triple meter in which the dancers revolve in perpetual circles, taking one step to each beat. Cool. This one qualifies. Neat. Yeah. It's got a very interesting stair-stepped horn line Mm -hmm. that kind of rises throughout the song. That's kind of what gave it the real 50s sound. There were very solid drums and solid horns, and there's the the ooze. And... Yeah, and all the vocals are Prince. All the instruments are Prince, except the horns, which are Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss, which we forgot to mention early on. Yes. Well, Adonis and Bathsheba were in a hurry to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. To an orgy. Yes, which is interesting, and it made me wonder if the term orgy here, because they were from different religious traditions, might have been less of a literal orgy and more of a figurative representation of humanity. Oh, I even thought, you know, is it just... Food and drink and, you know, going overboard on a bunch of things. Oh, yeah. Like the, uh, there's a restaurant in town. They have, they call the meal for a whole table of people a Roman orgy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I kind of thought was going on here. But they're in a rush to get there. They flew, according to Prince. Uh huh. Yep. They have some really nicely layered 
vocals from Prince. Many times, over, especially over these tracks, right? the unreleased until now tracks, how there's so many layers and the care he took. and Yeah, for songs that had no home. Like right. Like this basically didn't, but he's got this falsetto and then a really deep background vocals going on throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Lots of work. I love the... Lyrics at the end of verse one, to touch is their need, to love they are blind, to love they are blind. It's almost like they only know about physical desires. They don't know about the emotional and mental part of being in love with someone. Right. I thought that as well, that they're so in lust. They're not in love, they're in lust. That's right. Makes them run to an orgy. Yes. And uh, they're creative. True. No bed. That's fine. They can stand. Evidently, they can stand forever because there is no morning. It will not come. Right. So they're just going to make love eternally. Right. Creatively. I thought even a little earlier before the they decide to stand line, when he talks about they undress as they're running, Bathsheba crying, Adonis sweat upon his face. They undress as they're running, Bathsheba crying, Adonis sweat upon his face was like a way of saying they both have wet faces but for different reasons <laughs> you know crying i guess tears of joy and sweat because adonis is a man and he's running i don't know but i thought that wasn't like they've got glistening faces oh, okay and then like at that point at the two minute mark of the song the lyrics are basically over right you know? yeah and then we get this really pretty flute solo at two minutes and 40 seconds yeah like gritty mm-hmm. which is a super interesting juxtaposition yeah. between yeah. this beautiful music and this gritty guitar it's kind of an ongoing theme among these seven tracks, too. It's songs uh-huh. that are not short, like this one is five and a half minutes long, and probably like four minutes of it are instrumental. Yeah. Lyricless. With this extended uh, instrumental ending. Mm-hmm. There was, in that instrumental part, kind of near the end, there's this like rising crescendo of ooze. Yes. Where it's... The guitar sounds like Prince's falsetto. You can't tell the difference where the guitar stops, where his falsetto stops and the guitar begins. (laughs) 
it's and all it's, like makes this super over dramatic, uh-huh. you know, soundscape for the song. Yeah. And I think it was Susan Rogers who said in an interview that uh, she kind of laughed at the song. She thought that it was super cheesy and way over the top. And it was one of the first songs in her mind that she had been a part of that uh, she thought just didn't work for whatever reason. So there was, for years before this song leaked as a bootleg, there was a lot of like thought of, well, what could this be like to make her feel that way about it? Uh-huh. And on one hand, I can kind of see it. And on the other hand, it's a weirdly creative, odd song that almost never really had a home anyway. So it was just like an experiment. Yeah, just... I've never done a waltz before. Why don't I do a waltz? Uh, how about we combine two historical, <laughs> mythological Christian figures who never... Well, Adonis wasn't Christian. He's oh, Greek. that's true. One was Christian. One was Greek. And, yeah. But they would have never crossed paths. No. Yeah. Fictional or factual. Right. Neither one of them would have met. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, odd, weird song that has a perfect spot for it on a collection of vault discs mm-hmm. arranged in chronological order by time of recording. Yes. Very interesting. All right. And then we're going to have, well, we're going to have, we're going to have, we're going to have, we're going to have it because it's the next song on the disc. <laughs> Forever in my life, early vocal run through. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this was released prior to the album itself on August 27th, 2020. It was a single of sorts, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind. Yeah, it's it's so warm with the yeah. piano and this like squeaky acoustic guitar. You can hear every part of that guitar, too. The uh-huh. strumming, his hands on the frets, like yeah. everything. You can just hear it. Yeah. In every man's life. So it was recorded on August 8th, 1986 at Prince's Home Studio, and uh, he took a break and then re-recorded it as what you hear on the album, which right. I think is kind of fun. Yeah. Did you read Susanna's story about hearing this for the first time? Susanna so. Melvin being his fiance at the time, she said Prince had been up all night and then came upstairs and it was like seven o'clock in the morning and he grabbed her hand and said, follow me. So I followed him downstairs. She said the sun was coming through their custom stained glass windows and he pressed play and that song came on. And she said, I looked at him and I got very teary eyed and that was it. He didn't have to say anything. No, it was very, very cool. And uh, like you said, it's such a warm and full sounding recording, very soulful, mm-hmm. almost a seventies kind of soul with his falsettos in there. And it includes a bass guitar that's not present in the album version. The album version kind of uses the drum pattern as the bass, but on this version, we do have a bass guitar. My life. With kind of a, and a piano in it, all too, that almost sounds a little ragtime to me. Yeah. just very organic sounding yeah being acoustic yeah and in this version you get the normal background vocal treatment yeah 
to the album version where the background vocals preceded the lyrics. they're misplaced it's really interesting to hear them in the quote-unquote right place yeah but it kind of adds to this almost live feel it does have a very live feel to it for Uh sure yeah and i think having the background vocals in the originally intended place kind of adds to that rather than detracts from it it's more of a traditional kind of song right I love, always thought this it was a cute lyric at two minutes and four seconds when he sings, baby, my one and only desire is to find some way in this doggone world to make this feeling <laughs> last. Like Prince could have said any word there at all to describe the world. And he chose doggone. D-O-G-G-O-N-E. <laughs> baby, my one and only desire find some way in this doggone world to make this feeling last. And right after that, when he says, I just want to tell you that I want it with you, uh-huh. it's so emotional. Yeah. Baby, I just want to tell you, I want it with you and I forever. And it's followed by super high falsetto forevers at two minutes and 18 seconds and excellent background vocals in the chorus at that point too it's very it's sung with a lot of genuine love mm-hmm. i think and you can hear it yes even his la da 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 uh-huh. are just so full of longing and emotion and aching Yeah, they kind of pour out of him very quickly with uh, not quite screaming, but close to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the album version, it's a much more monotone, you know, kind of delivery. It's a little pulled back. Yep. At three minutes and four seconds, we get the acoustic guitar noodling that's part of the fade out on the album version where I always thought to myself, man, this song should be longer. And And here, well, wish granted, Josh. Here's another (laughs) three minutes and 20 seconds of this great song. Mm -hmm. And he almost does a refrain at three minutes and 12 seconds of... One of the verses, I never imagined that love would rain on me and make me want to settle down, and it's kind of improv. It's very nice. The falsetto, which I won't be able to hit, but <laughs> you know, forever in my life at three minutes and 31 seconds uh-huh. is sung that way. In the Sign of the Times concert film with the band of background singers that includes Kat and Bonnie Boyer and Sheila E. and Greg and Wally. So you can kind of see where parts of that live version came from by listening to the original studio version of the song, which I think is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the 
start of a hand clap on the two and four at three minutes and 36 seconds. Yes. I thought it really added again to that organic live feel. Yeah. It turns into a little jam session. Uh huh. For himself. All by himself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And even the la-da-da-da-da-da-da gets played by the acoustic guitar at Mm -hmm. four minutes and 28 seconds. It's, you know, him playing that part of the lyrics, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, and the guitars are different in the left and right channel. It's kind of... In a very satisfying kind of way. Yeah. They're very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost ethereal in the way that it it works. It's just so interesting and sweet. Yeah. And then uh, 4.34, he calls out for everybody. Yes. Everybody. I'm like, all the princes? There's nobody else there, <laughs> but he turns it into kind of this... Like, he can imagine what it would be like to have a crowd there. Mm-hmm. And continues at 4 minutes and 48 seconds where he says, Over there. Huh. Over there. Huh. <laughs> 4 minutes and 53 seconds. Right here. Right here. You know, he's calling out different parts of the non-existent crowd uh-huh. to sing along with him. <laughs> and that bass guitar that is uh, in this version of the song, not in the album version, is a great opportunity to hear it at 5 minutes and 26 seconds to 5 minutes and 30 seconds. You can hear it very clearly there. Yeah, this is a very different version of this song than when what then what ended up on the released. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. Yeah. I don't know that I could choose between the two either, but I have thoughts on that later on also. But even at six minutes and 25 seconds, this version fades out too soon for me. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Uh (laughs) That's fair. Then we have crucial alternate lyrics, alternate lyrics, 2020 remastered. The other version of this was released on the 1998 Crystal Ball Collection. The music is very similar. Yes. The lyrics are quite different in many ways. It seems that both of these were recorded about the same time. It seems it's difficult to tell for sure on Prince Vault. From what I read on Prince Vault, it seems like this version was recorded on September 15th of 1986 and the version that ended up on the released Crystal Ball Collection was recorded on September 13th, 1986, two days beforehand. Okay. So There's also confusion over the version that's a saxophone version, the version that's a more guitar-driven version. Right. I'm very confused by it all still. And I mean, yeah. I tried to sort it all out for this podcast, and I threw up my hands, and I was like, like... I can't. It seems like there's at least one other version of this song that has not seen the light of day yet. Um, uh-huh. That would be the more saxophone-led version by Eric Leeds, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so it's really difficult to tell... What version was recorded when? Which one is the initial version? These are all, I guess that's why they say 
alternate lyrics and not original yeah. lyrics or right. changed lyrics yes, or, or original recording. Right. They probably, they being the estate. Yeah. Probably don't know. Probably don't know. And right. it's probably a very hard thing to figure out. I can only imagine, but I guess you have to assume that Prince liked the other version of the lyrics better because that's the one he included on the yeah. set that he released it on. Correct. He handpicked it and that was it. And then, But then there are people who say, well, he probably forgot where the other one was <laughs> or forgot that he even did it. Because even then it was more than a decade earlier, you know, that he had recorded the song. So. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and he would send someone down to the vault to pick it up. Did he just go with the version that they, that they got? brought back to him? Right. Go get me Crucial out of the vault. Yes. Fetch, Fido. Fetch. And he's like, yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, he must have had a dog with thumbs. He had to put in the code. What's the code for a vault? Combination? Combination. Thank you. I've watched The Price is Right. I know how it works. (laughs) So we got Prince on all vocals and instruments and Claire Fisher doing the orchestral arrangements here and sung in kind of the highest falsetto that Prince can hit. I think mm-hmm. also always love that, you know, he would find words like crucial and then work them into other songs. Like you yeah. got the look, right? You know, I don't know. There would just be these key Prince words that he would hit upon that would, you know, make multiple appearances. Yeah. That he enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. The chorus I believe uh-huh. is the same between the two versions. Yeah. And it's just so, it's a lot to ask of another person, but it's also very romantic. Crucial. Love has got to be everything from A to Z. You've mm-hmm. got to show me everything. <laughs> a lot to ask of another person but in a love song you're you're always asking for the most right the you're biggest gesture about, like could you make a small commitment to me please <laughs> that was never <laughs> no. never part of you know prince's ballads were like crucial meaning like pinned to the edge of the uh-huh. miles per hour gauge <laughs> or scandalous uh-huh. it's not like maybe we could be a little secretive <laughs> <laughs> A little secretive. Let not not let's go make out in a car at a abandoned place. No, or let's let's go do it in the alley. Yeah, you or, know? or like insatiable. It's completely uh-huh. impossible to define. Uh huh. And this just is one of those words. Crucial. Crucial. I did combine verse one and verse two because after I started verse one and. Of this song in verse one of the crystal ball version. Okay. Because after I had listened to this one so many times, I was like, well, wait, how does the other one go? <laughs> uh-huh. I started losing my grip on <laughs> Crucial. No wonder you can't get your mind around it. I know. There's just so much material. So I do think if you compare the verses from both of these versions, you can see that version two that ended up on Crystal Ball is actually a little more... Mature, I guess you could say. Okay. Verse one on this version is, My baby let me touch her on Thursday night. 
Her scent stayed with me until Friday noon. I couldn't wash my body for fear of losing the budding heart of my sweet baby's perfume. Uh huh. It's dirty. version that came on crystal ball baby you've got to be from a different world because just one look from you could make an army surrender baby you've got to rescue me girl girl a prisoner in love with the opposite gender Explicit nature of touching his girlfriend to, right. you know, describing her as being able to make a giant army drop their weapons mm-hmm. in light of her beauty. There's a little instrument in there. It sounds like a instrument called a ratchet. Oh, okay. Which is a wooden instrument that's often used in, like elementary school music classes. Okay. It's like a handle uh-huh. and it's got a little thing that when you swing it, yeah. it goes around and makes this clicky noise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you just don't hear it a ton. Like you're right. I know what you mean. Outside of an elementary school uh-huh. music classroom. <laughs> Prince worked with what he had around him. <laughs> or what he could steal from <laughs> yeah, other musicians. people. Yeah, other musicians who then don't let him forget it. I like that you can hear Old Man River at one minute and fifty eight seconds actually knocking on the door. Tap tap tap. Yeah. That's interesting. So I looked up Old Man River. Yeah. Yeah. So it. Could possibly be a reference, probably, I would guess, a reference to a song by Paul Robeson. It was in the musical Showboat, which was a movie in 1936 and a play starting in 1927. Okay. And uh, Old Man River is the Mississippi River, Hmm. and it's not the first or the last time that Prince would refer to a woman and her most secret places as a river and oh, he no. does it yeah. just very exclusively just shortly later when he says your body is a river and I want every drop right your body is a river so I thought it was kind of interesting knowing that he had such a love of classic movies uh-huh very true. Yeah. And much like Adonis and Bathsheba, 
about halfway through this song at three minutes and 15 seconds, the lyrics are done. And yep. the last half of the song is largely instrumental. Like at three minutes and 20 seconds to three minutes, 24 seconds, there's some electric kind of buzzing effects that can be easy to miss that are actually audible earlier in the song. But there's a breakdown at that point where you can really hear these kind of bubbling I don't know how to describe them other than electronic sound effects going on that can be easy to miss and we're like I don't I don't even remember hearing those but there they are. Mm-hmm. I love the Claire Fisher strings that were added in January of 1987. They're so pretty, and they really fit with the guitars and the romantic sound. Yep, that was a very cool relationship that Prince had going on with Claire Fisher throughout his career. So a man he never met Mm -hmm. and wanted to keep it that way because he thought there was some magic there, not knowing or ever really speaking to him, just sending music back and forth. Mm -hmm. And we get that growling guitar again towards Uh the end, which is so fun. And that's something that he uses a lot to denote climax. Yep. Both of his, the the song song and, uh, you know, to kind of suggest that the characters within the song. They got there. Uh Uh-huh. Achieved. And and you know how I feel about fade outs. This one has one of the longest fade outs of any Prince song I could think (laughs) of. I mean, it starts at five minutes and 44 seconds and continues through six minutes and 15 seconds for a good half minute. But I thought it really worked well on Crucial to have this very long fade out. You know, I always kind of associate it with its sister song, Adore, Mm -hmm. and almost think it's going to like crossfade into something else, but it never does because it wasn't really ever part of an album anyway. Um, So I don't know. I just thought I'd give credit to a fade out for once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You go fade out. For once it works. I thought so. Yeah. Then we have the Coco Boys, understood to be intended for a musical called The Dawn, yeah. which perhaps included Crucial and When the Dawn of the Morning Comes. Yeah. So there are elements of the plot from The Dawn that were used in Graffiti Bridge. Yeah, a lot of these things kind of intertwine, especially abandoned projects. Some mm-hmm. of the, I don't know, what was felt to be good ideas were carried over from one project to another. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest shock with this song was that it's Coco Boys with an A on the end of Coco mm-hmm. and not Coco Boys, C-O-C-O. Right, like Joey Coco. Right. Right. The, and there's a Joe in this mm-hmm. song. Yes, there is. Brother to Frankie. Yep. And the intro of the song... Opens with the same preset synth that you can hear at the beginning of You Got the Look. And 
also at the beginning of Madhouse 9. Kind of carries through this song, the Coco Boys, through a minute and 30 seconds when Prince says, Turn the lights off, and it's almost as, as if that synth sound was light. And when he says, Turn the lights off, that synth preset goes away. The show started, the lights are turned off, turn them off. And in the distance, the which I thought was kind of fun. Huh. Uh, we, you mentioned Joey Coco was used by Prince um, as a pseudonym. For at least eight songs for other artists during this time period, including uh, 101, Baby Go-Go, Cool Love, Neon Telephone, Telepathy, You're My Love, and then uh, Jill Jones's songs My Man and Violet Blue are both registered to Joey Coco in the Library of Congress. So Baby Go-Go by Nona Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting that... The narrator of the song is neither Frankie nor Joe or Joey. Right. It's it's an opponent to them. Who is Prince, I guess? I, I mean, I guess. Maybe the kid again? Yeah. I also noticed right off the bat that the beat is very, very similar to Shockadelica. Oh, holy sing Shockadelica to Coco Boys and get away with it. If you can sing, which I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's rival bands, which is something that I think Prince was pretty obsessed with in Mm -hmm. the mid-late 80s. Yes. For sure. And boy, this Battle of the Bands didn't pay very much. No, it didn't. hundred bucks. That was it. Even for inflation. That's only like 240 bucks. Yeah. It was clearly like a a local thing. It was more about pride than getting paid. Or exposure. Yeah. It's getting... Or bragging rights. Right. Well, if you win the Battle of the Bands, then you can get more gigs or... If you win the Battle of the Bands, perhaps there will be a record executive there watching one night. That's right. You mentioned the prize money. Uh He sings, you know, if you had the courage, if you had the style, if you had a different trip, you could have an extra $100 in your hands. And then he sings in the background, one double oh hundred (laughs) dollars which I thought was kind of fun. Musical Battle of the Bands. If you had the courage, if you had the style, Trip. Have an extra hundred dollars in your hands. <laughs> it's kind of spoke sung. Yes. They're speaking and they're singing. I wouldn't call it rapping. No, I wouldn't say so. I do like the fact that Bob George's voice shows up at a minute and 23 seconds when he talks about uh, the trombone player the size uh-huh. of a house. And you can hear him say in the background, all right, y'all, what's it going to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Whoa. You can go first. Yeah. <laughs> it's very fun. And the whole second verse really paints a picture of the Coco Boys so well. So we already know that from the first verse that Frankie is the pride and joy of the ladies. 
And that Joe joins in on the high part harmonies. Yep. Which also made me think, oh, this is maybe a little bit about Prince. Even if Prince is true. Not well, at least he would be one who would know what a high part harmony was, right? Or princes, all of them. He's Frankie and he's Joe and he's the competitor. Yeah, there are parts of him. It's a bunch of horcruxes from Prince. He split (laughs) his soul into a rival band, which is kind of what he did with The Time and many others. Mm -hmm. But the second verse just really gives you such a clear picture of them that Frankie is intimidating and Mm -hmm. the horns are so intense and funky that their number is exaggerated and the narrator's... Was it three or two? Yeah. He says there's three and somebody corrects him. Oh, well, two then. There's two, man. There's so many that it seems like three. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, there was a early version of the song that was circulating as a bootleg that we will try to cover later too. But all of these horn parts were just like sung by Prince. They weren't mm-hmm. in there yet. And you can hear him at a minute and 34 seconds singing along like in his high-pitched voice, like singing the horn part that was then later made into a horn part. part is still there, which is really fun. That's cool. Horns bled. And then verse three, man, I'm in the edge of my seat. What's their little scam going to be to revive this tired audience? Yeah. And then it's the Detroit crawl. Everybody jump down on the floor and do that Detroit crawl. It is all these dances that they would do. The Detroit Crawl, the Wooden Leg. Kangaroo. The Kanga what? The Kangaroo. So that's super fun. The only one, I mean, we saw the Detroit Crawl in... Yeah, the concert film. The concert film. I found a little video of them doing the wooden leg. Uh-huh. Uh, I couldn't find a specific video of them doing uh, the kangaroo. Kangaroo was mentioned in a song that's a love sexy outtake called uh, The Line, I believe. Okay. So you might find it in later songs. I assume it's got some sort of hopping. Probably hopping or maybe a pouch of some kind. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get a little, it's going to be a beautiful night. Yes, uh, there are a couple other songs mixed in at the end of this. Uh, One being that one, yes. And the other being Positivity. All the boys and all the girls, you are the new kings of the world. All the boys and all the girls, you are the new kings of the world. 
straight from Positivity mm-hmm. from Love Sexy. And he also mentions Tears in Your Eyes. Oh, okay. Uh, an around the world in a day era song for We Are the World. Yes, what he did instead of yeah right, uh, singing right as part of the main chorus of correct smart. Even yeah. though he got a lot of guff for it, I thought that on the it's going to be a beautiful night part. Does he start with saying you are beautiful? It's going to be a beautiful night, and then switches to we are beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful night. I made a note that it sounded like he said you first and then ends with we. we. So I don't know. Go back and listen to that and let okay. me know how wrong I am. <laughs> Not you, just in general. Dear listener. Right. Yes. When the dawn of the morning comes, another one Perhaps for the Dawn musical. Yep. This is fun and complicated and joyful. Wow, very joyful. One of the most joyful Prince songs I think you'll find. Yeah. It's uh, pretty straight up just celebratory and not necessarily, I don't know, related to love or sex or any of those things. Mm-hmm. It was just, just about the joy of a new day mm-hmm. and new opportunities. Yeah. And it's got these little xylophones. Oh, yes. That are so fun. Man, when this song takes off, I can hear Let's Pretend We're Married, Baby I'm a Star, and Trust from Batman all wrap up, wrapped up into one fast paced Prince gospel track. Fun. <laughs> that he sings the lead vocals in his normal register and then the background vocals or background vocal I guess I should say because there's only one is Prince singing in his falsetto mm-hmm. it's a very simple delivery unlike Adonis and Bathsheba or Crucial where we have all these layered vocals this song it's much more simple yeah it's almost like two vocal tracks and that's it which I thought was kind of unique mm-hmm. among this collection yeah yeah that's for sure yeah i could not find lyrics to this online so i transcribed them for myself oh i i found some no all right well we can see how accurate i was (laughs) um i found a spot that said we will dream in color while Uh we look into the sun i want to see the sun unafraid only blind faith If you look at the sun too long, <laughs> blind faith will be the only option available. That's to true. You. <laughs> um, although I always thought that was kind of a silly combination of words. Faith is right belief in something you can't see mm-hmm. anyway. Right. So faith, by definition, is blind. That's but okay. True. Yeah. Yes, I had that too. Unafraid, only blind faith. Blind faith in the one, which would be God or Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Get a whole gospel choir of princes. Uh Uh-huh. Just delightful. Yeah. Yeah. 
two minutes, you get verses one and two mixed together, and the song picks up, and, and there's layered lead vocals and background vocals, and hand claps on the upstroke, as Prince would call it, too. And then we get these fun guitars and piano and vocalizing yeah. and xylophone all over it. And then the xylophone almost sounds like it's tripping over itself. Yeah. Like somebody's playing it so fast that they're hitting more than one of the little bars at a time. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fast coordination of playing here, and it is all prints, so that's pretty amazing. The one thing I pointed out in my notes was at 2 minutes and 48 seconds to 2 minutes and 54 seconds, there's a little breakdown, and it puts a focus on Prince's tambourine rhythm. Oh, okay. It's some serious tambourine shaking going on. He mentions Let's Work. Yes. Perhaps a reference to his own song from Controversy. Yep. Which, uh, you know, he's the only one working on this. So maybe, you know, it's another Prince Pep Chalk. Yeah. Pep Pep Chalk? Chalk. Pep Talk. There's a weird little churchy organ part that starts at four minutes and 34 seconds that uh-huh. catches me. Organs. It catches me off guard a little bit and it lasts quite a while. Yeah. So I guess that would be my only complaint on the song is mm-hmm. this sort of like purposefully out of tune organ part at the end that almost seems improvised. But then last so long that you think, oh, maybe he planned something there. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. But a pretty inspired one-man jam session, I would say, there. Mm-hmm. From start to finish. For sure. The lyrics that I found online had at the end, he repeatedly say, says, the dawn of the morning. But to me, it kind of sounds like the dawn of the funk. You didn't hear Dawn of the Funk? I did not. I wrote down in my own self-transcribed lyrics when the dawn of the morning comes. Hmm. I'll have to go back and listen to that. Just like at five minutes and 30 seconds-ish. Interesting. Yeah, which I'm like, kind of like Dawn of the Funk better. So we've already heard Dawn of the Morning many times. Yeah, it does repeat a lot in here. Yeah. It's very clear what the song of this... What the title of the song is. Uh Uh-huh, the song of the title. That's not what I said. You should pay more attention. Then we have the second version of Witness for the Prosecution. More than a minute longer than version one, and more story! Yes, and an intro, a spoken word introduction to make sure you get it. Yes, with a mixed point of view. Right. She wants to leave him, but I would die first, baby. Don't leave me. This is the story of two childhood sweethearts, inseparable. To one broke the other one's heart. She wants to leave him, but I would die first. Baby, don't leave me. 
I didn't mean to hurt you. Yeah, like, I think it's all referring to me, but yes. for whatever reason, Prince says him. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was interestingly re-recorded shortly after the, or shortly before the revolution was officially disbanded by mm-hmm. Prince. Yeah. he The clipped delivery is so very interesting. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. It's, I just love it. It's again, like kind of... Verse version one was very much sung, right? Very right. rock and roll oriented, and this one is more stripped down, more sp- speak singing, mm-hmm. maybe more funky. Yeah, to you, yeah. And there's these really raw guitars, and yeah. this is what I really wanted from it. That the troubling stockish lyrics. Fit. Yeah. They fit with the music. There's no trying to make this romantic. Right. This isn't a, a song about a romance. This is a song about a stalker. Yeah. Obsession. Yeah. And now the music and the lyrics fit that. That's Whereas all good point. I would say in the first version, it was almost like they were trying to make out this stalkerish behavior as romance. Uh-huh. And here it's. It's the same lyrics, but in a different, a different feeling about it, and understanding that this is inappropriate behavior. Oh yeah, I think the whole stripped-down version of this lends itself to a little bit more of a insane and obsessed point of view, for mm-hmm. sure. Yes, uh, and an instrument that you don't typically hear in Prince songs. Also, at about a minute, you can hear steel drums. <laughs> throughout this song um, that were not part of the first version. And it's just, like I said, you just don't hear steel drum very much in Prince songs. Mm-hmm. And we get, again, more of the story. Give me 20 years. Yeah. Give me the electric chair. Nothing's going to stop me from killing the hate in this love affair. Give me 20 years. Give me the electric chair. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to did you notice too at a minute and 55 seconds there's a brief but audible electricity kind of sound when he <laughs> yeah. says electric chair uh-huh. we get kind of this buzzing thing uh-huh the electric chair he enjoyed yeah. doing yep sound effects were he wasn't afraid of them Mm-mm. and it's just the menace but also the commitment yeah. And it's just, it's so interesting. You also get an electric guitar and horns showdown kind of at two minutes and 25 seconds where it's almost hard to tell the difference between the electric guitars and horns, which I've, I don't hear in much music these days. Mm-hmm. It's almost challenge to decide wait was that electric guitar no wait was that a horn it's really tough to tell so uh like prince could sing and sound like an electric guitar he could sing and sound like a horn section and here we get electric guitar playing by prince and a horn section by eric leeds and Atlanta bliss that almost sound alike or they're mimicking one another which is a lot of fun yeah and we see again the willingness to go to the electric chair. Oh yeah. Displays the psychosis. 
I will go to the electric chair. And he doubles down close to the end Mm -hmm. with this. Give him 20 years, 21, no make that 22. And he's still going to want her and he's still going to chase her. No matter how long they wake him up, he's going to chase her whenever he gets out. You said no matter how long they wake him up? Oh. I mean, lock him up? Yes, okay. that's what I meant. I just want to make sure I understood what he's you meant there. He's going to sleep like, what? for Where did he's he a say? Rumpelstiltskin here. Give me, <laughs> give me Z-Quill. Give me Solitaire. <laughs> give me 21 years. Make that 22. As soon as I'm free, I will run. There's a, even the, when he says, as long as I'm free, I will run to you. There's this running guitar part from four minutes, four seconds to four minutes and 12 seconds that pans from the left to right channel, too, that almost sounds like Prince would sound if he was running. <laughs> I will run to you. Or if he was chasing someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just thought this was a microcosm of Prince to record a version of a song like Witness Number One and then completely rearrange and re-record it like this and make it really hard also to choose one over the other because they're both very different approaches. Oh. Um, I didn't have trouble choosing. You like this one better? Much. Oh. I I thought that the women singing background on the more rock version of the first one was just... A fun listen. Yeah. But I could imagine this song having been a radio single and having an alternate version of the B-side. Uh-huh. It could have been really epic and very yeah, cool. For sure. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, but it didn't happen. Although they, though they did release both of these as pre-release singles for Super Deluxe mm-hmm. Edition, which was interesting also. All right. And then the final song that we're going to cover today... It bees like that sometimes. I'm just waiting to hear you say the title. (laughs) Not known to have been planned for any project, but it was recorded the same day as Jill Jones' Violet Blue. And boy, you can tell if you listen to those back to back, they Uh basically share the same drum beat, which is pretty fun. It's really cool. It's poppy and happy-sounding, Yeah, but it's all this very laissez-faire, singing about, you know, people are going to let you down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can't count on anybody. You're going to be disappointed, and then maybe someday you can disappoint someone else if things (laughs) go your way. (laughs) Well, like the first verse is, you can't count on anyone. And then the second verse is Life is What You Make It. Yeah. And the third verse is Just Ignore the Haters on Your Way Up. Yeah. 
Yeah, or I was going to say step on the hands of everyone on the ladder that you're climbing and oh. passing by who once oh. passed you by or took oh, advantage of go. you. Yeah, there are three ways you can go in the song. You can be on the way out, you can be on your way down, or you can be on your way up. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did really like verse one. Mm-hmm. Actually, I love all these verses. Some yeah. of it is difficult to understand and make out, and I think some of the lyrics online are not correct. Okay. But I also thought verse 1 speaks to a little bit of Prince's own personal life, too, about being kicked out of his own house. Mm-hmm. You know, For those of you on the way out, you might not have a place to go, but that ain't what it's all about. That's someone that loves you, keeps your life together, could one day disown you, throw you out in the worst weather. Yeah, that's sad. It is sad. It's sad, but the disparity of the lyrical content and the sound. Yeah, it's about overcoming the bad things, I think, a little bit. The lyrics spell out the bad things, and the uh, instruments, you know, insert that level of hope. Right. Which is really cool. I also thought when he sings, could one day disown you, throw you out in the worst weather, when I first listened to it, I heard, could one day dis on you. Oh. One day dis on you. Throw you out Well, that would have. Which could have worked, but then also disown you and throw you out in the worst weather makes a lot more sense. I just found it like probably an unintentional word thrown in there that uh-huh. could be. Because he's singing in his falsetto voice and some of the words kind of meld together a little bit that it's easy to hear something that's not being said. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And I complained about the disparity <laughs> between the lyrical content and the music in witness for the prosecution version one. Yeah. What's your story here? But here is the same sort of thing, but witness for the prosecution version one it's a little predatory and troubling. Yeah. And this is less about a relationship, more of like a warning or an instruction manual that bad things are going to happen, but you can be joyful or see the value in them in the midst of it or looking back at it afterwards. Right. And that there's hope for you. And, and the fact right. that he sings to those three directions that people could be going. You know, uh-huh. You're down on your luck, uh, you're moving up in life, or you know, you're know you on your way down. Right. There's, there's a story for you there. Very joyful music and the lyrics paint a different picture of reality. Yeah. When yeah. verse two starts, after he does the ooh, 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 there's a little sec part at one minute where he says, looky here. For those of you on your way down, and I love how he delivers, look at here. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Very cool. I tried to compare lyrics online to what I heard him saying, and I don't think either are right on, for those of you on the way, on your way down. Okay. Lyrics I found online say, you were trying to lift up the groove. They would call you round whenever you would rather. Now you're on the run. All they want is what they know. You just want to have fun. There's some parts of that that just don't make any sense to me. Okay. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. Well, I guess since there is no lyric book. Nope. You can sing it however you like. You used the word keyboard tinkling many episodes ago for some song that I don't remember. 
at a minute and 44 seconds, I just wanted to point out the keyboard tinkling. Yes, the Since synthes- it was a, yeah. Yeah. The synthesizer interlude is very pretty. Yes, it is. Verse 3, I wanted to point out that I think we get a little self-censorship here. For those of you on your way up, the same MFers that make you will break you when you've had enough. But the way he says MFers is same mother huckas or same mother hunkas. <laughs> uh-huh. He kind of changes some consonants there to not say the king of bad words, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting, especially for a song not really intended for anything, that there would be a little play on words there. Uh-huh. Maybe you just thought that was more fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like when that's when he says, because you did it your way, you tell him it be like that sometimes. Uh-huh. You know, and I can just see you climbing a ladder and stepping on the face of someone who <laughs> got in your way. <laughs> Be like that sometimes. Yeah, it be like that sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I'm going to step on your fingers. Yeah. Sometimes my little heel is going to end up right in the middle of your forehead. That's, right. That's a shame. I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. I just thought that was a cool way to end the song and basically say, you can turn the tables on, folks. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we're going to talk about today music-wise. So we have some selections to make. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded Or when it was released, we choose a C, the low point, the thing that we liked the least, and we choose a mountain, the high point, the thing that spoke to us the most. These are my dumb rules, so I go first. Nobody ever said they were dumb. They're dumb this time. (laughs) Well, that's true. They are tough. (laughs) The time capsule. For me, it was Adonis and Bathsheba. Because there was a, in the 80s, there was a real nostalgia for 50s things that I actually really remember very well. There were a lot of sock hop, 50s dances, (laughs) uh, wear the poodle skirts, happy days, Laverne and Shirley, they lasted into the early 80s. They were popular in syndication. Even Grease got a really terrible sequel in the 80s. So that whole nostalgia of the 50s sound of Adonis and Bathsheba is my time capsule. All right. I'm with you. These are are hard. These seven songs are a tough mix. Um, For my time capsule, I selected Forever In My Life, early vocal Mm run-through. This could have been my mountain. But I put it here because I think it's such an iconic and gorgeous first recording of one of Sign of the Times' best songs. Yeah. It's more complex, and it seems like that's how simple songs sometimes formed for Prince. The idea would come out, and it's complex and pretty, and then it would get stripped down to something very simple, which I think is a really hard thing to do when you've got something as pretty as this early vocal run-through, quote-unquote. You know, he turned it into maybe a less personal song for 
the sign of the times, which is also why I think this is my time capsule because it really kind of encapsulated his relationship with Susanna, which was very specific to this time period. Agreed. And that brings me to my C actually quite well because this is a little bit of a sidestep when it comes to the C is that I wanted a little more of the emotion from this version of Forever in My Life to end up in the album version. In the album version, I would have liked a little bit more of that emotion and to hear that emotional delivery with the off kilter background vocals almost mm. like put the two together and how interesting and warm and emotional and touching and accessible it becomes. Yeah. So what is your C then exactly? That there wasn't more emotion, oh, that okay. more of this version of Forever in My Life in the released version. Okay. So I don't care if it's cheating. I made the rules. I can break them. That's fine. I just wanted to be clear. Make sure that I understood. <laughs> For my C, uh, the first thing I wrote down is that it sucks to have to pick one. <laughs> Because I really do love all seven of these songs, uh-huh. so and they just happen to get grouped together this way by us, so it's not the fault of the songs <laughs> or the way the vault disc is put together, but it just worked out that way for our podcast. So I guess it came down to which one is the weirdest, and that to me was Adonis and uh, okay. Chiba. Weird names for a kind of story song, and had it been released, I think people would have thought, wow, that's pretty and weird and pretty weird. And since it's pretty weird, and it's just such, kind of such this outlier of a song, it's the most different for me more than it is a C. Okay. It's just the most out of place. Okay. Musically and lyrically. So that's how it ended up in the C for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the mountain. Equally difficult to choose, I think, because there's so much great material in these in so few songs. Yep, but only seven. I went ahead with the Coco Boys because I'm just a Ooh. sucker for a good story song. Okay. And he did such a great job of really painting a very clear picture yep. of who these people were and what was happening in this situation. He painted it so clearly without talking about it too long. I think that the way that that song is put together was a better movie than his, <laughs> you know, than like yes. what Graffiti Bridge ended up with, which was a battle of the bands and it got, you know, turned into a battle of mini bands and over dramatic. Uh-huh. You know, oh, here here's an angel. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. When Mavis Staples is here too. Uh-huh. And so is George Clinton. Yeah. I really love the Coco Boys yeah. too. Um, for me, it bees like that sometimes, mm-hmm. but I could make a case for any of these seven songs, and even Adonis and Bathsheba, which was my C, I could argue for that song being a mountain also. I could find ways of doing that, but it bees like that sometimes. It's so pretty and so snarky, um, also because it was the shortest one on this seven-song collection, I think is kind of a cool thing, but... I could listen to these seven songs on repeat for weeks, and I have. Uh huh. And they did not get old. Nope. Um, but I think this is the one that's my favorite by just a smidge. Okay. Excellent. All right. Next time. Next time, we are continuing our 
very long journey through Sign of the Times, Super Deluxe Edition. We're moving on to disc, disc six with Vault Tracks one through seven, which is how we've been kind of splitting these discs up. Uh, we'll be talking about Emotional Pump, Rebirth of the Flesh, <laughs> Cosmic Day, Walking in Glory, Wally, I Need a Man, and Promise to Be True, which I think will be as eclectic of a collection of songs as we have recorded thus far. Excellent. So buckle up. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate that you take the time to listen to us. We love it when you reach out. Please take a moment to rate and review anywhere you get your podcast and tell a friend because it's way more fun when you can listen with a friend. And this is a good activity if you're still uh, trying to be extra careful. And I hope that you are when it comes to coronavirus and staying home, listen to a podcast and then call your friend up on the phone or have a little, you know, Zoom meeting with your friend and a nice beverage of your choosing and talk about it. A beverage of my choosing. That's that's next on my list. Mmm, <laughs> coffee or alcohol? Mm, put your hands together. <laughs> All right. Until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for listening.